Is Tom Brady's retirement a sham? Is he only trying to get to San Francisco to be the quarterback of his childhood team? Does that work for the 49ers? Because Trey Lance isn't ready. I can't wait to hear what Croc says about that on today's podcast and more. We're going to talk defensive backs as well, both exiting and potentially entering the 49ers in 2022. Coming up right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker and Croc. I got to admit, man, I'm already annoyed. I already hate the Tom Brady story. I wish he wouldn't even have retired because this is going to be the worst. This is going to be the worst. It's going to dominate every 49ers headline for the next, I don't know, until September, until Trey Lance trots out there on the first snap of the 2022 season. And there's more. And it just keeps coming, right, Croc? The latest. It's coming from all directions, too. And not really from the all directions. It's coming from 49ers legends. And Joe Montana says, oh, Trey Lance isn't ready. I would go with the better. I'd keep Jimmy G another year, whatever it was he said. And, and I, I don't even take too much from that. But now Bill Simmons, who knows, at least, you know, covered Tom Brady for a very long time. Patriots guy, right? I'll, I'll let you break it down because you brought it to, yeah. to my attention here with Tom Brady. And I, and I continue to hear people talk about it. And it's almost to the point where, People believe that Tom Brady purposely is sort of skirting the Tampa Bay Bucks to specifically become the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, that it's a sham retirement. And I know he left the door open because he said he doesn't know how he's going to feel in six months, but would the 49ers go down that road now? You know, this reminds me of when I was a kid, Tupac, you know, the, the rapper, he had got shot and killed. And everyone was saying Tupac's not dead. He's on a beach in Jamaica. I was expecting, I was fully expecting either hologram Tupac or real Tupac to come out during the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime. Like that would not have shocked me at all. I remember seeing Antonio Brown. I think he was sitting next to, um, I think he was sitting next to Kanye. Right? Kanye, yeah, Kanye yeah. West. I was like, is that Tupac? Because I saw the mask. I was like, oh, that's Tupac. That's not Kanye. It's like a WWE <laughs> storyline, right? You pull off the mask, and it's actually Tupac the whole time. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, no, and there's people that believe it. The same thing about Kurt Cobain. I don't know what it was about the 90s. I guess it hasn't really stopped. There's still conspiracy theorists out there that love coming up with these types of things, and now it's Tom Brady. But the Kurt Cobain thing, the same thing. Was he murdered? Was it a suicide? Is he still alive? And that stuff never goes away. And, and yeah, Tupac was the same thing. Yeah. So, Maybe I don't so, know. Maybe that's not great. Tupac are sipping on a beach somewhere. Maybe Tom Brady's with them right now. I have no idea. Right. Well, Brady, the whole thing is he retired, but he didn't retire, and he's going to come back and be a 49er. So I was, you know, I was on Instagram, and uh, I see Guy Haberman. Shout out to Guy Haberman, uh, one of the hosts for the Ham Podcast, my favorite podcast to listen to. But uh, he had posted on Instagram that it, it was a clip from Bill Simmons, and he and and the clip starts with. Trey Lance isn't ready. Trey Lance showed nothing from last season that says he's ready. And I'm doing air quotes for y'all that listen to the audio version of this. But Trey Lance isn't ready. He showed nothing that says he's ready. And Tom Brady's retirement wasn't really a retirement. It was him really trying to find a way to step away from Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their organization for whatever reason. And some of the guys that are really big, like a Tom Brady or like LeBron James, they find different ways to kind of 
use things for exit strategies where maybe it's not really Tom Brady wanting to retire, but go to a better, different situation. And what better situation for him than to go play for his childhood team in the Bay Area where his family is, his mom, his dad. And uh, he didn't say all that, but, you know, I'm just kind of adding to it. But uh, this thing isn't going to go away. Now, you talked about how you're sick of it and, you know, it is wild and we got to hear about it. Do we kind of contribute to it? Because obviously we bring it up on the, on the podcast, but it's kind of our job to bring it up, right? It's our job. Yeah, it, it's a storyline for the 49ers and we have to give it the coverage it deserves if there's any, if there's any, if there's any truth to it, we have to at least consider the notion and it wouldn't be insane. And Tom Brady, I guess I couldn't put it past him to try to pull something like this off. It doesn't pass the smell test to me. I, it just annoys me that this it's, it's not going to be a story that gets to happen. It's not going to go away. It's just going to continue to linger into the summer. And it reminds me of the Brett Favre retirement saga way back in the day with uh, the Green Bay Packers. And it was like, uh, and, and back then there was a lot less, you know, there wasn't podcasts. There wasn't, um, I mean, I guess podcasts kind of started to exist already back then. I'm trying to think of what year that was. Kind of, but yeah. not really. Not like it is now, right? In the internet. Even not over the last, what, what was, what podcasts have grown into over the last few years. Right. But it was, so basically, you know, uh, you know, the young Peacock would go turn on Sports Center at the end of the night. And every single night, it was all Brett Favre. It was Brett Favre Center. And it was so annoying that I it was the beginning of the end for me to, to watch that network because I couldn't stand it anymore because it was just nonstop and every rumor and every story and somehow everything related to it. And I'm getting worried that this is what the Tom Brady thing is going to become this season, especially as it pertains to the 49ers because he's the local kid. If he wasn't from here, there's been no indication that the 49ers is the team he wants to play for except he grew up in San Mateo, right? If that didn't happen, there'd be nobody drawing that conclusion with Tom Brady and the 49ers right now. Well, on the next episode, we'll talk about, we're probably going to have to touch on it. I didn't look into it yet, but some kind of disagreement or something from free agency with Tom Brady and Kyle Shanahan. Did you see that? I saw something about that. On, so don't, don't we'll, we'll get into that probably on the, on the next episode. <laughs> because we got to talk about it every day, Croc, for the next six months. So <laughs> I know. Tomorrow's but. You, you talked about it being frustrating, right? For for you, like just with the whole Brett Favre thing, and every 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 show, every time you turn the TV on, and it's him, and they're covering it, and he's he's retired, but he's not retired, and he wants to come back, and and I think the person that is probably the hardest one is probably Aaron Rodgers, right? Like the the guy that's in the waiting, and he's like, okay, well, I, I'm waiting for my turn. It's supposed to be my time. I was drafted first round. I've been waiting three years now, you know. Uh, when is it going to be my time? Every time I turn on the TV, I see them talking about Brett Favre. And I'm ready to start my own legacy. And I think that might be what's going on with Trey Lance, where you're taking number three overall. So the expectations are even higher. You sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo for a season, which, okay, that was part of their plan. They stuck with it. He went to an NFC Championship game. But now he has to hear all offseason about how he's not ready. And I think the only reason why he's not ready is because a Tom Brady is available. Is because a potential Aaron Rodgers is available. Is because maybe a you know whoever it is, these are all more ready. And I'm doing air quotes for y'all on the audio again. These are all more ready quarterbacks to lead a team to a championship as opposed to a young guy who has all the talent and he has the ability and he has to put it together. 
But it's like, what? Well, how's he ever going to do that if you keep bypassing him? And I think I, I thought that whoever went to the 49ers was in the best situation of any of the young quarterbacks. I, I don't think that's the case anymore, especially after going to the NFC Championship game. I think this is the worst case scenario for a young guy like Trey Lance to have to come into this and deal with everything he's had to deal with, everything that's being said about him, everything who everyone's trying to skip over him. Every time he turns on or opens up Twitter, he's not ready. He's not this. He can't do this. He can't do that. Even though he showed, and he's probably like, dude, I did play games. Like, okay, my first one was a little up and down, whatever. I was still very productive. Uh, uh, he's the highest fantasy point guy. Out of all the rookie quarterbacks, he had the highest fantasy points per game, and it wasn't close, right? He's like, I was productive. Then I started the next game. I was efficient. I was a productive. I was aggressive. I used my legs. I used my arm. And, and it was like, nope. Not ready. Didn't Not show ready. anything. That's what Bill Simmons said. Didn't show anything that showed that he's ready. And I think it just comes down to what is it ready for? Is it a rookie leading a team to a championship? Because I don't think anybody's ready for that. Or, or is 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 Mac Jones ready to lead the Patriots to a championship? Because I say this, he played in the play, terrific job. Got to the playoffs. They got blown the hell out by Buffalo. They had no chance. They had no chance. The game was over. They were throwing dildos at them. That game, I mean, it wasn't close. So does that mean that you are any more or less ready because you got your butt kicked in the first round? Yes, it's tough, man. Maybe Tom Brady is trying to leave Tampa Bay to make a play to go back and finish his career where it started with the New England Patriots. Right, because Mac Jones isn't Mac ready. Mac Jones isn't ready. That's it. All right. We got to actually stop here because I, I want to talk about this more. This is really important about Trey Lance, where he's at in his career and potentially a crossroads there. Is he ready? Is he not ready? Does being ready matter? What does being ready even mean? And is this suddenly a bad place for a young quarterback to be in San Francisco in Trey Lance? We'll get to that and some defensive backs next. And football season might be over, but basketball is in full steam, both pro and college hoops. The tournament is coming up. Hopefully we will have an MLB season that you can bet on at betonline.net, which is the number one spot for all your sports betting need. All the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and where to find the next fired coach. NFL draft props, which are always fun. Bet Online remains the best spot for not only betting, but sports scores and news this season. And I don't. it's not up yet that I've seen, but... Check betonline.net soon, and I bet you'll find odds for Tom Brady and who the next quarterback of the 49ers was going to be, and, and I bet he'll be on there, uh, even though the 49ers, in my opinion, do not have a quarterback opening and have to be jettisoning. By the way, Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the 49ers, but uh, it's not just basketball. It's not just football. Bet Online is your, sports, your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. So get over to the website or mobile device today, Bet Online, where the game starts crock this is really important the 49ers are an organization that went all in on trey lance last offseason and it made some sense if you're going to win to have jimmy g play this year and it made a lot of sense if you were kyle shanahan and you're coming off a one winning season in four years to right start your head coaching career with the 49ers you're trying to win you think you can win with your quarterback and it's very unlikely for your rookie quarterback to be ready in week one of his rookie season, given his resume too, where he came from FCS level, how little he played started for one season in college. And that's it. 
Real um, quick, and yeah. all rookie quarterbacks started off slow. Uh, every single one of them, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, you could maybe say it was because of their situations. You look at Matt Jones, the Patriots, people forget, mm -hmm. they started off two and four season. Then they rattled off yeah. a bunch of wins. And so he threw uh, like three or four picks in, in one of his first games. He, he, he was, yeah, two, he three was picks, not good. He was second game. Uh, near pick sixes. Uh, even Justin Fields, his first start, he netted one passing yard. One. Uno. Yeah, he, was right. sacked so, like, he was sacked nine times for like 100, 100 yards or yeah. something. It's crazy. Yeah. So uh, uh, a lot of them, you know, if they came into the 49ers and they had to start, would, would they have gone through that? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I, I, I don't know. But I think a lot of people would say they're, they are less ready than a veteran Jimmy Garoppolo. On the Tom Brady front, so we can end this part of the conversation today. Does it make sense for the 49ers to trade away Jimmy Garoppolo and then have to now send picks back to Tampa Bay for Tom Brady? And what would that compensation be? And if there's any inkling that Tom Brady was going to maybe want to play this season later on in the summer, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers aren't going to cut him. They're going to leave him on that reserve list, that retired list, and wait for a team to come calling that he's trying to go to and get some picks back. The 49ers would then lose draft picks versus what they were going to get with with Jimmy Garoppolo, and and they'd probably have to give up more than they'd be getting for Jimmy just to get the rights for Tom Brady. Yeah. So if Tom Brady really wanted to play for the 49ers, the best thing for him to do is to act as retired as possible, right, for the next six months until the summer comes, and then once he's cut from the Buccaneers, then be able to do whatever he wants to do, which could be with the San Francisco 49ers. So Tom Brady's hurting himself. If he really wants to play for another team, wants to play for the 49ers, he's hurting himself by saying, oh, I don't know how I'm going to feel in the next six months and letting this story linger. Yeah. The 49ers, I don't know if they have the draft capital. Are they going to have the cap space to take on you know another quarterback? Sounds like they're trying to get under the cap and be able to re-sign guys like Lincoln Tomlinson and whoever else. The offensive line is kind of a mess right now in the sense of what it looks like. You, you got Lincoln Tomlinson. He's a free agent. You got Alex Mack. Will he retire? Right guard. You drafted Aaron Banks. What's going to happen there? Brunskill in your right tackle. He tore his quad off of the bone. So you know, there's a lot of question marks there. You're going to have to use some money and resources to kind of keeping everything intact there how does bringing on a uh a tom brady who you have to trade for you have to trade uh draft picks you have to use money that all takes away from being able to address a lot of areas that you need help in and you have to protect him you have to protect him even more than maybe trey lance because trey lance's ability to escape potential pass rushers right like tom brady he needs some time and and we saw what it looked like his run ended because um Tristan Wirfs wasn't playing right tackle, was hurt. He was out, and Tom Brady got pressured. And we saw Tom Brady lose the Super Bowl to the Giants because they had that NASCAR package, that race car package, and they were going and getting pressure on him. Tom Brady is not the most nimble guy, and he gets the ball out quick, but you've got to protect him. And so, again, yeah, resources will be slim if, if the 49ers wanted to do that. But the biggest part of all of this is Trey Lance. You spent three first-round picks on Trey Lance. You need him to be a good NFL quarterback. And it's not impossible for him to sit for one year and become good. It's not impossible for him to start right away and become good. It's not impossible for him to sit for two years and become good. Except that he is one of the most unique prospects that we've ever seen. 
especially someone to be drafted as high as he was because of how little he had played and the level he played. He needs reps more than any college quarterback in our lifetimes, Croc. And the 49ers drafted him. Could they go a second year without giving him those reps that he that he really, really needs to become the guy they need him to be if that was to be year three in that case? That's the part of this that doesn't pass the smell test for me. And you said something earlier, which is, I think, really important, that this go from being, okay, uh, April of 2021, whichever quarterback gets drafted by the 49ers, that is the best possible destination for any of these rookie quarterbacks. Fast forward to you know February 2022 right now. Is this the worst situation for Trey Lance to be in now because he's got to have this cloud over his head. He's going to be expected to win, and you push Jimmy Garoppolo out for him, and now maybe you're going to say no to Tom Brady. And if it's if you have to be veteran Tom Brady and you've only started two games since 2019 at the FCS level, that's a no-win situation for young Trey Lance. Right. And, again, I mean th- – th- Let's say, hypothetically speaking, the 49ers drafted Justin Fields. And let's say Justin Fields performed the same exact way he did in Chicago, which everybody talks about it just being like this really bad scenario. Maybe if you want to talk about like the coaching and Nagy, I think I don't think Nagy's, Nagy's as bad as people say, but maybe he is. Maybe Nagy's trash. And that has a lot to do with it. But they had some weapons there. They had uh, Mooney. They had Allen Robinson. They had a running back uh, that ran very well for Chicago, a couple backs, right? They had some good things going there, but Justin Fields had the worst QBR in the entire NFL. So what would they be saying about him if he were in San Francisco? If, let's say, he started two or three games, but he had the worst QBR in the entire NFL, what would they be saying? Would they be trying to replace him already? I think that's a tough thing with the expectations in San Francisco right now that has made it go from – Oh, because you need time to play through that. Even if you're Justin Fields, like you have to play through that. And he showed things at different times where he could have a terrible game and then come play against the 49ers. It'd still be a loss, but it was like, whoa, good stuff. Then he played against Pittsburgh on primetime television and everybody could see it. Whoa, good stuff. They lost that game, but it was like, whoa, like, okay, I can see it. And I, I don't know if you have that, like that leeway, that leash. In San Francisco, and I makes I think it makes it an extremely difficult situation for a young quarterback. Now, again, say they went with Mac Jones because that's when that's the most pro ready guy. What if they go in that first game against Dallas and get their ass kicked, like what we saw Mac Jones do in, in Buffalo? You know, like it, that it's it's tough. And I think the best thing is for all of these guys, and not just Trey Lance, they have to play. They have to play. I don't think any of them, none of them are ready to take a team to a championship until they are. But that's not something that you usually can find out in a season. You damn sure can't find out in two damn starts if a guy is capable of doing that. Like, so it's like, what is, what is everybody talking about? I don't know. Do you see Ryan Clark? Um, yes, and, and I think Ryan, Ryan Clark's Clark, usually what? he's usually really good. And I think sometimes um, certain networks are forcing hosts to be hot takey in some ways, and you have to debate it, and you have to have a different opinion than someone else that's on the panel with you. And there might be some of this to the, the take from Ryan Clark, but it was asinine hearing him talking about how um, Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones 
and Justin Fields, those guys were all good enough to play and prove to their coaching staff and their teams that they're ready to play, but Trey Lance couldn't do that last year. So he's not very good and he's not ready because he couldn't prove that he was ready to play and become the starter last year as a rookie. And I, I hear that. And I, was, I was like, what are you even talking about? And what is this readiness with Trey Lance? And how do you even get ready? And how can you go another season without allowing Trey Lance to play? Uh, how did they show that they were any more or less ready. Maybe you say Mac Jones because they went on the seven-game win streak and he was in playoffs and somehow he was in the Pro Bowl. All right, so you, they, can, you can make Mac a case Jones, for him. Mac Jones didn't start doing that and playing well until he played more than Trey Lance has already played in the NFL. His right. second start was a disaster through three or four picks. We've only seen two starts from Trey Lance. Trey Lance's second start was better than Mac Jones' second start. <laughs> well, Trey Lance's second start was better than all the rookie quarterbacks' second start. So, right. But Bill Simmons said he showed nothing that says he's, quote-unquote, air, air quotes for y'all, ready. And I think that that's the tough situation that he's in. I really – it's only because the 49ers are in the NFC Championship game. That's, that's what it is, and that's tough. And I, from that standpoint, I get it. But why the need to replace him or come out like Ryan Clark said and just, oh, he can't play? Like, what, what are we talking about, Ryan Clark? Like, we watched the kid. And, yes, there were moments where it's like, oh, okay, up and down. But I didn't see anything any more or less, like, skittish or whatever than anyone else. Matter of fact, it looks like it was some of the better quarterbacks for, for some of the rookies if you look at their games. And I think everybody's just going off maybe a name or what the perception is of, of these guys were coming out of college. But they had terrible games. Terrible. I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence throwing for 100 yards. I mean, I mean like, again, uh, one yard net passing for Justin Fields. I mean, uh, Mac Jones, three pick. Uh, what was his name? Um, Davis Mills. Everybody wants to talk about how well he played. He had a game where he threw four interceptions and, in like, 80 yards. I mean, there was terrible quarterback. Zach Wilson, I was at the Philadelphia Eagles 49er game. It's the third quarter in the game. I look at my phone, and I think it's a mistake. He had four completions and four interceptions. Four <laughs> in the, They were the third quarter. He had as many interceptions as completions that far into the game. But Trey Lance is the only one that is that just he can't play. Replace him with someone else. And ah, it's as you can see, it's I just I, I think it's I sound more frustrated and passionate about it because I don't truly understand it. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. And it, it gets to be silly season. And that's why when you throw that idea with Tom Brady and combine those two things, it's completely unfair to Trey Lance. And I really, really believe that this organization, the only, the, 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 the number one thing that has to be on top of uh, John Lynch's to-do list and Adam Peters to-do list and Rich Scangarello's to-do list and whoever the new offensive coordinators to-do list is. And of course, Kyle Shanahan's to-do list and Jed York's to-do list is do everything you can to make sure that Trey Lance is the best quarterback possible. Right. And I, I do want to say there are there have been a couple that have come out and said good things about him. Jay Glazer, he's came out recently and talked about, you know, highly about how the front office feels about him. Peter King, that's someone that's really tight in, you know, tied in with the 49ers and really everybody in the NFL. And he's come out and said, you know, really high 
things about how the organization feels about Trey Lance. So what's true, what's lip service, I don't know. But I do know one thing. I watched the second start, and I thought, hey, that's somebody that is figuring it out. And you see some good, see some things he can work on. Okay. I didn't think it was somebody that just like, that guy can't play. And that's how people are coming off. And it's really kind of wild to me. And I think that's really important. It's a really important distinction. And that's why this story is so annoying. We hear people from the outside that are saying all these things and you got to win now. And it's got to be, you got to keep Jimmy and you got to go get Tom Brady and Tom Brady's not even really retired and, and all these things. But Jay Glazer, Peter King, they're relaying information from where? From the 49ers. From John Lynch, probably. Right? So that's an important distinction. That's where the message that we should be paying attention to is coming from, from the 49ers. They're all in on Trey Lance. I fully believe that. And unless something unfortunate happens to Trey Lance, I think that is the only only (laughs) scenario where we might see something like Tom Brady put his cape on it and come down to save the 49ers. But that is... uh, and, and I see that you is, tried to change your wording and use something unfortunate. I do want to, I do want to make sure that I, I get this correct. I said it was Mac Jones' second start. It was his third start where he threw three interceptions, and then it was Week 13 against the Bills where he attempted three passes. Three passes he attempted, and they won. <laughs> and none of those passes were attempted over five yards. By the way, weather was a factor there, but you know. Anyway, I just wanted to make sure. Like someone's gonna. I knew someone was gonna Listen, yell. Here, here's about, a question. It wasn't week two. It was week three for Mac Jones where he threw the three picks. But all the rookies struggled. And looking at their first couple of starts, Trey Lance looked as good as any of them. Mac Jones is gonna have to continue to deal with Josh Allen, and he's gonna have to rely on his defense to beat up on Josh Allen because he can't outduel him. He can't outduel Josh Allen. And and when you draft a guy, that's why. Because you you want, hey, if, if it's not a perfect scenario, can my guy go toe-to-toe with the guy across from him? And Mac Jones is going to be those questions. We'll see. Maybe he can, maybe he can't. But that's going to be really tough. And Josh Allen ain't going nowhere. Next, we've got to talk defensive backs here, Croc, a little bit. And I think we'll push some of this defensive backs conversation into tomorrow as well. Can the Niners afford to let Jaquaski Tart and Kwan Williams walk? And how do they replace those guys if they do? We'll get more into DBs and some free agents, some trade options, some draft options for the 49ers tomorrow. I just want to throw a couple of names out there. You are the, I think you are the go-to guy like on the entire internet right now for DBs, Croc. I think that's where you are. Like you wear the crown when it comes to breaking down defensive backs. And, and we're going to talk a lot about DBs in the draft and stuff like that. But um, I, I just want to throw this your way. Uh, are we underrating how important Jaquaski Tardy is to the 49ers? Or do you think it's fairly easy for the 49ers to let him walk and replace uh, what he gives the 49ers defense? I don't think that it's easy, as easy as people think. Like, this is not Madden, right? You can you can replace him. But I don't think it's as easy as most fans think. Now, his issue, he's, he's dealt with a lot of injuries since being with the 49ers. Uh, I don't know if he's ever played a full 16 games. All right, so that's an issue. But when he is on the field, he's a good safety. He's a really good safety. He's very versatile. He within the scheme, he could play too high. He could play single high. He could play in the box. He's a terrific tackler. He's fast. He's this big. People don't realize this about Tart. 
He is a big physical safety that can really play well in space if need be. He's like 6'2", 225 pounds or something like that, and he can move. Like it, it, a lot of guys aren't big like that at the safety position. Tart is. Uh, how do you replace him? I don't know. It, now, if, if it's me, and it's crazy because we just talked about this on Locked On NFL Draft. Make sure y'all listen to that after you listen to Locked On 49ers. But I, I go with trying to figure out a different dynamic. Maybe someone that's a little bit more like Jimmy Ward. So there's Petrie from Baylor. And I think he's somebody that could potentially be their second round. Uh, he's a guy that can play, do some of that nickel stuff. He really is kind of a carbon copy of Jimmy Ward, to be honest. He's really a lot like that. Maybe not the purest man coverage skills that we've seen from Ward, what he's able to do and how with his usage, but he can do it. He can play in the slot, can play too high, single high. It's more of a coverage guy type like that. And uh, I would go more towards knowing that I want to play more three safety type things. And that's what I like. Hufunga is going to have a role as that third safety on the field. But I would go more towards two coverage guys if you let go of Tart. I think that's one of the important things that Tart brings is the ability to, uh, you know, swap places with Jimmy Ward and he can play that. You know, he's 6'2, 220, but he can play center field if you need him to. I, I don't trust. And Hufanga did that when he was in there for Tart. And every time it's like, oh, and sometimes it hurt the Niners. Sometimes it didn't. Um, can Hufanga be that guy? I don't know. And I do like Hufanga more now than when the 49ers drafted him as far as what I think his ceiling could be as a potential starting strong safety in the NFL. And I wasn't sure about that. I st still think there could be potential, you know, dime linebacker sort of a, a, a ultimate role for for Talano Hufanga, but I like him as a player, but I definitely like him going forward more so than going backward. And I, I think that's pretty key, Croc, when we start talking about the safety position is finding someone who can tackle, who can play in the box, but can also range out and be interchangeable with the free safety. And I think, you know, and if Jimmy Ward is hurt, you know, who's going to actually play center field? Who can play free safety? I think that's pretty important. If you let Tar walk, I think you do have to draft a young player who does have range in the secondary. We don't have enough time to get into it today. I'm going to push some of this conversation back to tomorrow and get some more names from you on uh, draft uh, draft picks potentially for the 49ers, both early and late. Maybe preview the combine a little bit at the position and some guys you're you're looking for and you're interested in seeing at the combine. Um, but let's focus on outgoing potential free agents right now. Unrestricted free agent Tart and the other one who Wink yesterday said was his number one guy that he would resign for the 49ers in K1 Williams. Same question to you I just asked about Tart, and we'll talk about potential replacements tomorrow. And there's some guys in the trade market, some big name free agents as well at corner. Uh, and it's safety, so we, we can talk about a lot more of those things on Friday's episode. But, Croc, really quick, K1 Williams. I feel like, even more so than Tart, it's time to let him walk. The injuries are mounting. Uh, he, he's so good with some of the things he does, but then he's borderline liability at this point in – um, when he's matched up on somebody who can just take him deep from the slot and hit hit those slot fades over the top of him, he just can't hang. He can't stay over the top of those guys. So that worries me a little bit. I think it's time to develop a new nickel corner. Do they have that guy potentially in-house? And can you let K1 Williams walk and feel okay about it? Yeah, you're going to have to because I'm, I'm with you. I think he's starting to be a little bit too much of a liability in coverage. You know, when you look at the 49ers, kind of how they're built, if they sit in the too high then you're fine. But they've had to disguise their too high so much. They've had to disguise it. 
to either protect the guys on the outside, especially when you have like a Josh Norman who is out there, or to protect Kwan Williams. Because if you start off in the single high and teams say, oh, we got Quan Williams there, we're going to run a slot fade, especially if it's a man, which 49ers do a lot of man coverage on third downs. Well, you can't run vertically with guys. And you're going to win on that really almost every single time. And I felt like every time I saw a slot fade thrown on him, it was completed. That was a big chunk yardage. So, you know, that's tough. I think he does a lot of really good things around the box. His blitzing, he might be the best blitzing, and I don't know this for certain, but he might be the best blitzing nickel uh, corner in the NFL. He's terrific there. I think he's really strong against the run. This is one play that always sticks out in my mind. I don't know why I even remember it, but 2000, maybe 2017. I think it was 2017. He's in a nickel spot. Cooper Cup, young Cooper Cup, rookie Cooper Cup, I think it was at this time, comes out to block him and he just throws Cooper Cup to the ground. Like just throws him to the ground, goes in, make a tackle. Like he's a tenacious, physical, aggressive guy, especially for somebody who's so small, but he's kind of more and more a liability and coverage, and he's getting a little bit harder to hide. I think you do need to have somebody in there that has a little bit more speed. Now, Diamador Lenore, we talked about potential replacements maybe through the draft, but I think you might have a guy on the roster who, if trained to be in that role, I think he could potentially do that, and, and maybe that's the role they see fit for him to play more in that nickel. And I, I watched him get targeted on a slot fade against Green Bay. They called P.I. on him. I think it was one of the worst pass interferences ever. But he ran stride for stride, step for step with that receiver, and he was not a liability on the slot fade. That's kind of burned the Niners. So uh, he's a guy who potentially, as he learns how to play more in space, because that's it's essentially a different position. It's not a cornerback anymore. It's a nickel, all right? As he learns how to play more in space and understands the angles and how his coverage works with the guys on the outside and the guys in the inside with the linebackers and safeties, and gets all that mental aspect of it, and he's able to play fast, I think he's somebody that can definitely be a nickel replacement for the 49ers. Yep, I agree. I think that's one of the cleanest replacements the 49ers have developed on the roster, so they don't have to pay a veteran salary to Kwan Williams, and they have that guy developed that they drafted last year in the fifth round in Yamador Lenore, who can come in and, and play that nickel. And it's not to say that uh, Kwan Williams won't be missed, and I, I love seeing a guy who's 5'9 and, I don't know, 180 pounds. I don't know how big Kwan Williams is. He's not very big, but he throws his body around. He will hit people. Uh, when guys are, are that small and can stop the run like he can, and he's such a good blitzer, I really like Kwan Williams, but I think uh, it would be prudent right now uh, in this offseason to use that money elsewhere when you've got a... a and they guy. let him walk last year. There were a few guys that people yep. forget about this because everybody came back, but Tart, Verrett, and Ward, I mean, uh, excuse me, Tart, Verrett, and Williams, they let all three of those guys walk, and nobody was biting in free agency and they were able to bring those three guys back. But it wasn't like those were guys that they just did not let hit the market or it was like, oh, we got to have these guys and we're going to prioritize them. All three of them walked, and they just ended up coming back. If the 49ers need to do something Hold on, real quick. My bad. Okay. My bad. Sorry to cut you off. A big part of it, because I have to add context, the money dropped. Remember the, the offseason money? So I think teams, a lot of teams were tight with money. So maybe just whatever was offered to them on the open market – wasn't enough for them to leave San Francisco. So there's that aspect of it too. I don't want to just make it seem like maybe the 49ers just 100% did not want them, but or nobody else wanted them. The teams, I think they were struggling to kind of work, stay under the cap because the, the cap was so low. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was definitely working against a, a lot of free agents. So that's probably why some guys took some one-year deals and, and hopefully cash in this offseason. I got a, um, maybe K1 too, but 
Tart to the Jets? The Jets have a need. Robert Saul is there. Like I, I just feel like it's too easy, right? It's a done deal. Jaquaski Tart. Well, I would have thought that last offseason. And, and That's true. Yeah. I will say that Robert Sala does not have clearly to me. He does not have uh, roster control because uh, Joe Douglas over there in New York really has not gone the route that I thought he would as far as. Shanahan style guys for his offense when he's running the Shanahan offense with Michael floor um, and Robert Sala style defenders or, or trying to bring players from 49ers. Uh, I, I've really been surprised by that over the course of this year. We'll see if that changes this coming off season, but Joe Douglas, I think the only guy they brought in was Ronald Blair, Ronald Blair. I think that's the only guy. Tomorrow crock. We will get into some potential replacements in the secondary nickel outside corner. Uh, some big name free agents, draft picks potentially. Some guys maybe you're excited to see at the combine because you got to run a little bit if you're going to be covering wide receivers in the NFL. And I think a lot of money is to be made in Indianapolis this year. Thanks to everybody for making us your first listen every day for your second listen. Check out Croc talking not only DBs but every position in the NFL draft on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast Daily. I'm talking about the entire league with former NFL scout Matt Williamson on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show every day. Your team is covered no matter the sport right here on the network. Croc and I back tomorrow. Locked on 49ers.